Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie out now called Loose, starring my guest today, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., who gives, I think, one of the great performances you're going to see. And you've got to go to this movie. There's so much in it. But why should I give a speech about that? I welcome you, Kelvin, to the show. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Because Luce is such a complex character. So who is he? Who is this dude? Um, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, he's a 17-year-old kid who was adopted from Eritrea and from a war-torn country. And he was adopted by this suburban, upper-class white family. Was he a, a soldier? As a yeah, kid? he was he a was. child soldier. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, he, and he is, he's the president of the debate team, he's captain of the track team. He's, he is perfect. He's so irritating. He's kind of killing it. Yeah, <laughs> he really <laughs> he's is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and then he, uh, he writes this paper uh, that ha- it, it kind of implies that violence is the answer to the problems that people don't agree with him and um, about fans for now. And uh, I, his teacher, Octavia Spencer, has, has a few problems with it. So... <laughs> So we have to address those problems. <laughs> then when Octavia Spencer has a problem with you, it's going to be a it's problem. A I saw mom. I was like, what's going on, you know? Yeah, that would change your opinion, yeah, about any of that. Yeah. So basically, we're, we're having a movie in which the theme of race is there, also the theme of privilege, mm-hmm. because he's now in school adopted by these white parents mm-hmm. played by, wow, Naomi Watts and mm-hmm. Tim Roth. Yeah. And basically has anything that he wants. And he is this, like you said, he's the gem. He's Everybody the gem. looks up and says, he's going to do everything right. Right, right. And then, without any spoilers, there's something in his locker that's found, that essay is written, and there's suspicion about it. Mm-hmm. So you get this, when you see this script, what do you say? Like, because <laughs> this is a great part. It's an incredible no. part. It's like, I mean, I remember re- I just moved to L.A. and from New Orleans, and I got my studio apartment, and I was auditioning, and I was like, oh, man, I'm an actor. And I get this script, <laughs> and, my, and, I, and they were like, read it really fast because the director wants to meet you, or really, they convinced the director to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, flipping the pages. I'm like, oh, my God, like, what? He said what? He did what? what? <laughs> and I'm just, like, shocked that this 17-year-old kid could be so so well-spoken and have so many very um, passionate, intense views that weren't... Um, I'm so used to, in the South, we kind of listen to the elders that come before us and we just kind of go, what you say is, is, is solid, it's gold. And I just believe that. And I think Luce is kind of, he's challenging those, those, those old views on life and taking a more progressive f- take on it all. And it, it was exciting and empowering for me as like a young, young, black kid to kind of to be able to feel that, that I could speak out and I could be protect my identity and say I could be whoever I want to be yeah and he's like whip smart yeah you know yeah wouldn't want to be in a debate with no. this guy <laughs> so how did you feel when you oh maybe you are maybe you are just Mensa no no no, no. <laughs> honestly I was telling Jules I was like dude I really don't know if I ever did pull this off but it, he is he is he, like I said he's he's a 17 year old kid and like in a weird way I wouldn't say it's a coming of age story but he's, he's he's he is figuring out who he is through the conversation he's having with other people so it's like 
I think he's challenging them to kind of say, say what you feel, say how you feel. I'm, I'm forcing you to communicate with me, to confess. Like, how do you see me? Because I kind of want to know how you see me to decide how I see myself. And I have an, a version of myself in my head, but through these interactions, you're kind of like changing it. So it, like, even like the scene with these with the teacher and he's like, what's your favorite holiday? You know, it's like, on the spot, he's like mm -hmm. using the task, he's, the, the skills he's learned to kind of survive, that he used to be a child soldier, the survival instincts there to kind of like survive in America, this America that we live in now at least, you know? Well, where the question of race is always immediate to us. Yeah. It's just something that we live with and that you live with. Yeah. And so when you're doing this, you must be feeling a lot of personal things that are that you're putting into that performance but you're also playing a character yeah so how intimidated were you by playing loose um it, it's it's interesting because like growing up in the south i grew up in new orleans and um i went to a private Great school for high school yeah it's yeah. <laughs> so good the yeah. food i miss it and um yeah i went to this private school when i went to high school and i remember you know, we, I, I was using a lot of slang, and you know, we drawl a lot. You know, we have, a, we kind of have an accent. You know, <laughs> will that still come back to you? I try to get rid of it every now and then, but every now and then, come back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I went into the school, and the first thing they told me was like, we don't say yeah, we say yes. And um, what do your parents do? And it was just a, a lot of like things that I never thought I had to think about about myself and about how I was raised. And you know, we were like we wear blazers, blue blazers and khakis on Wednesdays. And you know, it was just like you know, C's were good for Kelvin. I, I never had, I never looked down on myself so much until I kind of walked into this this new culture that was presented in front of me. It's like, but if you want to hang with this in this elite school, then you need to assimilate to the culture that's been set or don't come. Mm -hmm. And so I think I related to Luce in that way of, of being like, I came from Eritrea and now here I am in America and, and everyone wants me to like, yeah, I'm gonna change your name because I can't pronounce it. We don't care what you were. You just need to be what we need you to be. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, what are you doing here? And then to kind of rise to the occasion and like music was my ticket. That was the reason why I got into the school. It was because I was, a, I played piano and trumpet, jazz mm -hmm. piano and trumpet. and that was the thing they made me do. It's like I, had to, I was on all the arts flyers. <laughs> so that's where you fit. That's where right. I fit. It, it and, and there was this expectation now that I had to be this great musician um, because of my dad. And he, Harry Conn well, Jr. was in his band. And, Basically, you know, he's a great musician. He is a great yeah, musician. Yeah. So there is this like bar that was set. And it's a lot. It's a lot to be well, a so kid. So you had a lot to relate to. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of personal stuff to put into it. And then there's all the like kind of creepy stuff that Luce is that you have to kind of color it with. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the soul is similar, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to give away anything because there's many, many aspects of Luce as a film that is almost like a thriller sometimes mm -hmm. because we don't know what is he up to. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Am I with him or am I frightened of him? Yeah. Am I, do I do this? Which is what makes a great character, mm -hmm. because I think he doesn't know, and so we're watching that mm -hmm. while it takes. He's place. figuring out as he goes, and that's so exciting. Just it's exciting to play, honestly, because you're just kind of watching and, and observing, and it was it was cool to kind of just pay attention and take everything in. It was a, it was a good acting lesson for me too. Instead of just thinking about, because he talks a lot, but in, to, instead of doing a lot of talking, just paying attention to human behavior and knowing how to use it to your advantage. And it's a weird tactic. What was it like working with Octavia Spencer? When she's on this show, she's always the best hugger there exists oh, really? in the universe. Uh, but she's so terrific. Yeah, she's so But did she give you hell? 
No. <laughs> no, she just, she's very positive. She's always talking about the baby saints. And that's how she starts the day. And she was just full of, like, good energy. And it, it's interesting because I saw her at the Sundance Lab the year before because mm-hmm. um, I was there for Monsters and Men, and she was the acting mentor. And so I was, like, looking at her the whole time. I was like, you don't know this, but I'm auditioning for this part in the movie you're attached to. And I was like, <laughs> I really want to know. I was like, please, look, give, give, put in a good word. But she gave so much good advice. And she, she just seeing her work ethic, and how nurturing she is as a, as a, as a person was just like, it's, it's really comforting to kind of walk into a setting when you know you have a lot to do and you're not sure if, if all these like brilliant actors are going to think you're good enough. <laughs> well, it has to be. There you are. You yeah. know, you're in this movie. There she is. There's Naomi Watts. There's Tim. Mm-hmm. There's these people. But you don't ever seem intimidated. So That's whether you're really even a better actor than I think, because you have to as an actor, I think, keep that in, right? Yeah. You can't deal with it. Yeah. But you mentioned Monsters and Men, a really, an, another really good, solid movie ab- about the question of race and your mm-hmm. character who is, you know, wanting a scholarship mm-hmm. and is saying, I can't do this. I can't take a knee. I can't be a part of mm-hmm. a protest. Mm-hmm. And again, has to commit to something. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, they kind of, I did Monsters and Men literally right before Loose. And so it was, it was good to kind of experience, for Zarek, I always thought it was about being an anomaly and thinking you were exempt from race because of your, the success you've kind of achieved mm-hmm. and being in the, in the headlines of papers and people knowing you because you're the star baseball player and, and still kind of realizing, well, I'm still black in America and people don't see me any differently and what does that feel like to experience it for the first time? And then to kind of have that and go into loose and be like, wow, once again, another exceptional student. I, I, it, was, it was a good transition because <laughs> I felt this, like, this pressure. And then in my own life, I, I started, as I was answering questions about the movies, and, you know, people started asking me, like, you know, are you an activist and all these other things? And I was like, I'm really just an actor. And that kind of, seeing the parallels in my own life and loose is kind of being like, wow, I just, I really just want to tell stories. And I don't necessarily want the pressures of, like, becoming a political voice of any sort necessarily mm-hmm. it's it, it becomes a, a huge burden when I, i'm still learning myself and i that that was also something that i kind of saw in loose and that I, I i empathized with a lot it was like this expectation to rise up to the occasion when you don't you're still figuring out your own life so i didn't think but it is isn't it yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got to meet the expectations of the people who hired you to be in this movie. Yeah, have for you. Yeah, you don't want to let yeah. Julius, uh, owner, the director, down. Yeah, the people that you're doing. This with. Yeah, and the reactions from the movie. A lot I'm of people have questions. Not, yeah, well, I'm sure they. <laughs> I don't have answers. <laughs> well, the movie doesn't have all the answers. Exactly. Either, exactly. You know, which is a great thing. Exactly. Because people can then leave, and instead of saying, "Where are we going to dinner?" They could actually talk about. Yeah, and say what do you think about? Yeah, that? how do we participate in you know in the power and privilege that we kind of like? But I saw you be really good in a movie called It Comes at Night, which is a, oh, a wow. horror film. Yeah, it's a different genre completely, but it's what happens if my family and what happens if we get this virus and mm-hmm. we turn into zombies mm-hmm. and it's over for us, and especially on your character, it's yeah. like what would my father kill me? Yeah. What would go on here? You mm-hmm. know. So you've got a lot of stuff going. Where did this happen in New Orleans where you decided <laughs> to do this? When you could have, because you were a musician too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, my like I said, my dad's a it was a classically trained saxophonist, and my mom was just a jazz vocalist, and my dad ended up playing jazz, and I studied jazz piano and trumpet, and that was what I was supposed to do. And my dad to this day is like, "Where's your trumpet? Where's your are you practicing your keys? You know what I mean?" I played in the church, you know, for most of my life uh, as on Sundays as my side job, and I was I was gonna go to Berklee College of Music, and I decided not to because I didn't. It was a lot of pressure to kind of live up to that. I didn't think. That was, I, I couldn't express myself as much as I would have liked to through music. So I, I, I found my way and snuck into a musical theater. And I did one wow. I did one musical and I was like, see? What was it? It was, <laughs> it was hairspray. Of course I played it was seaweed. It, actually, you see the picture in the movie too. There's like a picture of me in hairspray <laughs> with the lamp over my head. Weird. <laughs> really weird. But yeah. I'm think. well, there's another loose thing happening to you because everyone's saying, but look, you have this talent as a musician. Yeah. And you say, no, I'm going to get into, what was the first thing you got hired to be in? I went, my buddy went to an audition for Ender's Game. Uh, and um, it was like for a featured extras role. And I went with him and he was like, audition with me. So I did. And I got like, we had to read sides and then I got one line and they were like audition and then I got the job. And so that was like my first real job. But it, because of the way the movie works with the armies and everything, I, I had to be there the full five months. So I got to see Harrison Ford and Ben Serbian Kingsley and Viola Davis and Abigail Breslin and Haley Steinfeld and, and Asa Butterfield. And I was like, whoa, all these young actors. And I got to actually see what the craft was. And I started to appreciate it more and hearing them talk about it because they were really lovely people and they would just share this information with me. And Viola told me to take a class. And I remember like because the, the kids, I would be a double sometimes for one of the kids. Mm -hmm. He had to go to school. So I would run lines with Harrison Ford on his coverage. <laughs> And I was like, this is, I don't know what's happening, but I was like, this is kind of incredible. Where I, am I? Yeah, I want to kind of keep doing this for the rest of my life, so. Harrison, can you take that again? You know, yeah. I don't think, you know. I was like, are you okay, sir? <laughs> yeah, that's that okay, what sir? it is. Well, let's take one or two questions from the outside world, the, the World Wide Web, the whole internet. There we go. Okay, cool. Amanda R says, now that you're in more and more movies, have you reached out to any older actors about how to handle being a movie star? Well, did you and Harrison have this discussion? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. How's it going to be, Harrison, sir, when sir. I'm playing Indiana Jones? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, movies, that's, just, that's funny. But I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I've asked, uh, like, Joe Ledgerton, when I worked with him, I, I call him every now and then, and I kind of go, hey, man, how do I navigate? I just did my first, like, big studio movie, and I play a musician, and it's like a rom-com, and it's like I was like, okay, how do I... How do I do this? I was like, I've never played a day older than 18. Like, I have to have, I have a love interest. Like, I was like, what do I, how do I navigate this, man? And he was just like, just stay focused and do the work that you've always been doing. He's like, you got it. You just have to trust your instincts, man. And so that's, 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 that's the best advice I could kind of honestly get. It's just to be a professional and Tough just do to the do work. sometimes, isn't it, though, where yeah. you, you can get so shaken by something that you'd say, what are my instincts? Yeah, no, I need to get in touch with them again yeah. to come back to that. Wow. Okay, let's have one more question from me. Uh, Melissa C says, who is your go-to person that watches your movies and tells you the truth about every performance? <laughs> so funny. Whoa. Um, so I have this friend from New Orleans. We started the, the first short film I did was like my first actual like, speaking role. It was like a, a, it was a thesis film um, with Nigel Mukmin, who I did her first feature, Jen. And so it kind of came full circle. But the actress in that movie became like a really good friend of mine. And she's been on most of the sets with me because she kind of just like helps me 
learn my lines and stuff like that. And I go to her and I ask her about what she thinks about everything. And it's just funny because I called her after I let her see this movie and she was just like, you were fine. I mean, you know, we need to clean it up. You need to clean it up. You know, you know, I see you putting a lot of heart in there, but we're trying to be like Biola. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what you need. Yeah, you were good. Yeah, fine. (laughs) What can you do? Don't read any of these reviews, you know, because it will just take you somewhere else. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a hunch that uh, we're all going to be seeing a lot of you. You know, you, on screen, and I hope we see you back here Thank because you. I haven't really even scratched the surface of what's happening with you. And it's exciting for those of us that watch you do this too. It's kind of great. Thank you. But I have to because it's the first time you're on the show, too. Everybody that's on the show, including Harrison Ford, they all sing. We all sing a little bit of something um, because I think there's something about doing that. And okay. That is always truthful. I don't know why. I mean, that's true. Maybe even in hairspray, it was. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Woo. I don't know. But you can pick it. Okay. We're singing. Look at him. He's thinking it We're through. We're singing a song. But you come from. You're a jazz musician. Ah, okay. So maybe I do some from New Orleans. How about? Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, they take the A train. You know that song? Oh yeah. Come on, Duke Ellington. <laughs> You must take the A train to go to Sugar Hill way up in Harlem. All right. Me and you. Popcorn is a place. A little scat. It is. Where is the Kelvin Harrison Jr. musical? Oh, man. Come on. A little scat. My dad would be like. do that. You know, maybe he'll be really happy. You know, you'll go back and do it. Come on, people, right? It should happen. Anyway, Kelvin, you're just a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Great.